voices It's up to you and me To shine a guiding light and lead the way United by our cause We have the power to pursue what we believe We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello and welcome to this week's program. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for your company. New Horizons is all about blind and vision impaired people, but what about when blindness or vision impairment isn't your only disability? Steve Richardson chaired a session on this at the Blind Citizens Australia Convention at the end of March in Hobart. We're going to hear from that session now. The speakers are Steve Richardson, Martin Stewart, Jonathan Craig and Nicole McKillop. Here's Steve. I felt a high level of frustration around um, the fact that in, in, in society, our society, there is very little um, tolerance for people who have more than one disability. We don't do it well. And as I said, it's, this is a systemic problem. And I think a lot of it is probably to do with funding. Uh, it affects um, agencies and, and government, but it also affects us in our everyday life. Um, for an example might be, you go to an agency, you ha- you're a parent of a young blind child, and you are wanting to seek some intervention. and there are many, many wonderful blindness service providers out there who can do that job adequately well. But let's compound the problem now and put that, that person in a wheelchair. Or uh, maybe they also have a hearing impairment. Uh, will those same services be able to deliver um, as adequately for that person as uh, they will for their blindness? Will they be able to cater for that service? And let's, let's turn it over. Um, if you're a deaf person and you are looking for a service to do with your blindness, is the documentation you receive in in accessible format? Is that agency able to provide? And as I said, a lot of this is about where they're funded and it's also tied up with NDIS. When we go and get our NDIS plans, those of us who are um, in that realm have to focus on one disability. I identify as having two disabilities and they're equal. They have impact on each other and they do not, in, in my opinion, one does not take precedence over the other. They both affect the way in which I travel, uh, particularly in, w- in the way in which I travel, but for, for other people it might be how, in the way in which they communicate. Um, and I'm fairly short too, so communication's also a, a problem. And I, I encountered it the other day when I went to um, check into the hotel and discovered that the counter was at about my nose level. Um, so very, very tall counter. Yeah, but I've lost my seeing hand. If I pick up a kettle, I don't know where the cup is. So I didn't feel blind until this happened. And that's the truth. I, I really did regard blindness as a simple little inconvenience. With the addition of losing a vital seeing hand... I, I'm not going to be negative and say felt lost because I, I maybe did it first, but I certainly felt the blindness come to the fore. So I said, you're going to have to assist with the blindness as well because it's now, now apparent and relevant. 
in the end, after probably 18 months of misunderstandings, there has now been put in place written and actual understandings to that degree. So that was the first battle. <coughs> the other one is, in my case, the addition of support workers, which are a blessing and a curse because it changes your family dynamics. It alters the interactions between your partner and yourself because there can be jealousies, there can be things that, that happen that you say, mm, I've got a problem here. There's two women in the house. And that may not seem important to me, but it's certainly important to your partner. And you have to sort out the demarcation lines, the difference between care and support. Believe me, leave the care to your partner and the support to the support worker. My childhood was punctuated by various broken bones. Um, most people who are blind, you know, uh, falling over is, is uh, something that perhaps uh, happens, you know, occasionally. Um, but uh, for someone like myself and for someone like Steve, um, it, it uh, has to be somewhat more occasional because it can honestly be catastrophic. Um, I'm interested in the way that physiology affects psychology. I think that the, my experience has instilled a great deal of caution in me. Um, I'm very envious, of course, of all of you brave explorers who are boldly going out into the community. Um, and uh, I, uh, you know, my circumstances have rendered me less able to access things like public transport, which I would really like to uh, a lot more. And I think that uh, there are a lot of opportunities for technology and other developments to enable that now. I think that the NDIS, for me, is a real success story because it has, for the first time, enabled uh, service, service provision that was uniquely tailored to my uh, actual needs um, and an interdisciplinary approach as well. Um, but you know, to, before we go on, I'd just like to raise very bluntly a question that's kind of between the lines of uh, this session, I think. If blindness is your only impairment, why should you care about people with multiple disabilities? Mm. Now, that, that sounds... Uh, I'm not moralising here, because I think that the answer is actually kind of pragmatic. I think that the reason that we should all be thinking about this is the same reason why sighted people also want to be our allies. And that is because these questions uh, that are raised and the conversations that are started by talking about multiple disabilities are conversations that we are all having as a society about identity, about individuality, about what it's like to be part of a minority group. 
And I think that there are lessons that the blind community at large can learn from people with multiple disabilities, as well as lessons that service providers can learn, just in the same way that there are lessons that the blind community, that the sighted community can learn from the blind community. So that's, that's my answer to that particular question. Uh, yeah, it's Lynn Davis from Lynn Davis. New South Wales. I've been sitting here sort of thinking about the answer to that question before mm. you asked it. Mm. Um, I'm what's euphemistically referred to as in the autumn of my life. And uh, I'm discovering uh, that the ageing process actually has much in common with many of the things that you guys have just been talking about. Yes. Mm. And I think that's one reason why people for whom blindness is their only disability might care because age is something which is going to happen to most mm. of us, um, mercifully, most of us. All of us, hopefully. Um, yeah, well, hopefully all of us. Hopefully all, yeah. Yeah, uh, but that's one reason mm. why, why I think we should care. The other thing that occurred to me, though, as you were talking was that, um, we know that blindness and vision impairment have a very close relationship with ageing. Mm. So there are more of us mm. in older age groups. Yes. Uh, and so I think it's probably very common for people who have uh, a severe vision impairment to also experience many of the other things that um, other people may not think of as another disability, but in fact have many of the characteristics that you're talking about. Sorry, yes, I'm Emma yes, Jennison. I'm Hobart. <laughs> and um, what, I, what I wanted to say, well, I wanted to ask a question, but I also wanted to just make a quick comment, and that is to say that I've been really open about my mental health issues over yes. recent years. Um, and I've done that quite deliberately, not because mm -hmm. I want people's sympathy, but because mm. I want to make it clear that this is something that people experience and that that BCA is um, ready to have those conversations yeah. and I'll continue to do so. But um, I just really identified with your comment, Martin, where you said um, that, you know, something to the effect that, you know, you really felt blind, you really felt your blindness after acquiring um, and other impairments. And I felt, I felt that too um, because my mental health, deteriorated fairly late in life mm -hmm. and I really didn't struggle too much I didn't think with blindness up until that point yeah but yep. the but the interesting thing is that society because they can see blindness they assume that's got to be the more difficult issue mm. yes it, it really wasn't for me and I'm not saying that's the case for everybody but that's just my experience mm. but the other thing I, I um I wanted to say in answer to your question Jonathan about mm. why why would people care is that our community is incredibly judgmental. I'm sorry, I'm just going to call it out. We yeah. are one of the most judgmental communities I have ever been a part of, mm -hmm. and I think we need to stop. Yeah. And I think when we are calling people out on Facebook or on email lists or whatever, we need to stop and think about the fact that just because we might... Um, you know, find a certain task really easy and yep. straightforward, that does not mean that that is the case for everybody. Yep. Stories can be very powerful. Mm. Um, and I've just started telling stories. Mm. And that's where our awareness comes from. 
but in telling stories, you um, need to, yeah, um, be met with privacy, confidentiality, and being um, comfortable and having it received positively. Nicole McKillop there, ending that extract from the segment on multiple disabilities from the Blind Citizens Australia Convention in March 2019. And I wonder how many people really think about the issues that people with multiple disabilities face on a daily basis. It's something that I'd very much like to do a series on in New Horizons. So if you have multiple disabilities and are willing to talk to me about the way you live your life and uh, how your day works, etc. And some of the accommodations that uh, that you need that maybe people don't understand, then get in touch new.horizons at bca.org.au. new.horizons at bca.org.au. Sally has asked me to remind you that the camp survey is still open. It closes towards the end of August, so there's still a week or so to get your information in there. Have a look at the Blind Citizens Australia website. You'll find that survey. If you remember, we discussed this a couple of weeks ago. It was around whether or not we could benefit from having a camp for blind people in Australia, similar to the Enchanted Hills camp that we've discussed on this program a number of times. If you'd like to know more about that, look at the BCA website, look at the back issues of New Horizons, and uh, you'll find more information there. That's the end of this week's program. If you've enjoyed it, please let us know. New.horizons at bca.org.au is the email address. If you'd like to contact Blind Citizens Australia, bca at bca.org.au is the email address for that, or you can contact them by phone 1800 033 660. 1800 033 660. Don't forget that Blind Citizens Australia relies heavily on donations from the community. You can find out how you can donate by talking to one of the staff, or you can look at the PCA website. There's all the information you need there. I'm Vaughan Benison. I'll talk to you again next week. The realization of a dream. Of our dream.